This is Ozarks at Large. Pastor Clint Schneckloth is back with us for another book recommendation. This time, he's offering work from a familiar author, J.R.R. Tolkien. The book is The Nature of Middle-Earth and provides a thorough investigation of the setting for many of the writer's works. And Clint says those works extend far beyond the most well-known, like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. In a way, um, those two aren't even central to what Tolkien thought he was doing. Um, The whole time that he was writing those, he was at work on this bigger thing, which was the development of Middle-earth as a whole. Mm -hmm. And he was focused, in terms of what you might read, he was focused on writing this collection called The Silmarillion. I have heard of this, yes. You've told me about this. Yeah, which is kind of like if you wanted to have a Bible for a whole, like, fantasy universe. You know, that's what the Silmarillion mm-hmm. is. But he created and wrote even more than that. Um, and so, like, the biggest thing that you can get, so if you've got some, like, person that's a Tolkien fan on your um, Christmas list and you really want to, like, amaze them, what you would do is you would buy the, the History of Middle-Earth Bacht set, which oh. is about four thousand pages of material. Okay, um, it's the that's the whole history of Middle Earth and all the lore and all the mm. et cetera, right? Well, uh, that's because he developed a cosmology, you know, like the mm-hmm. the got the pantheon of cre- creatures and a whole history of Middle Earth that includes like a whole kind of backstory, et cetera. Um, and then he developed the languages that the different um, races or cultures spoke, and he actually created whole languages, synthetic languages. Wow! You know, there's there's like, and and not just one, like there's right. t- there's there's ancient Elvish, and then there's more modern Elvish. <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, I mean, we're talking about like major creation. And so the, he he was still working on that at, on that at the time of his death. The the ones who, that had been tied up the most because they'd been you know with a bow and and were really completed would be the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings because they marketed those during his lifetime as like stories right to read and to tell. The Silmarillion was still uncompleted his death because he was always trying to decide what parts you know would come in. But then after he died, um, his son Christopher Tolkien took over. The, uh, the state. and Which at uh, this point is becoming a, a very valuable estate. Oh, yeah. Already during his lifetime. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but the um, what's really fascinating is you might you, – you could make a rather solid argument that the one thing as or more amazing than Tolkien's original creation – was Christopher Tolkien's stewardship of that because he devoted his career to organizing and slowly publishing mm-hmm. all this creation that his father had done. And so, uh, like, if you look in here, you can see um, this is the, what I would just mention to you, the history of Middle-earth, the, the whole, that's the whole box set there. So it's like things like the Book of Lost Tales and then, um, like... Uh, it, it's it's almost too much for 
for for most people to want to have to pay attention to it in depth unless you're a total geek, except that if you watch any of the movies, you get a lot of this because the movie makers included more lore than's in the books themselves. Well, they had several long movies. Yes. So you, you could insert. Right. So anyone who has watched the movies has actually gotten exposure to some different parts of this over the course of watching the films. That's more than what's in those original books. Well, this one, and so then what they've done is they've published like the book of lost tales. They published unfinished tales and, and different things like that. And this one is um, the nature of Middle Earth. And one of the reasons I find it especially fascinating is that it includes stuff about the metaphysics. So like the like religion, mm. what's mm. the theology of Middle Earth? Because again, what a lot of people don't know is that although Tolkien intentionally bracketed Christianity or really any religion from within Middle Earth and the novels that you've read, the entire thing has a Catholic ethos. Huh. Rome, you know, he was a Roman Catholic. Right. And he thought of the whole project as being Catholic. Okay. In the in the big sense. And so he did periodically write about that and like why he decided to um, not bring it in or to, or to, to bring it in. Um, but you also get in here then some fascinating stuff like I'll just give you an example. Here's part two, body, mind, and spirit. The subsections include beauty and goodness, gender and sex, Eldar and hands, fingers and numerals, hair, beards. Wow. So the nature of Middle Earth, it's not necessarily prose. It's like a reference book. Right. It is prose. Okay. But it's not a, it's not story. It's not narrative. Well, there are some parts that are narrative. So there's a couple of chapters that are like little miniature narratives, like, um, like, like what's the relationship between Galadriel and Celeborn, for example? And there's a little section in there okay. that he wrote. A lot of these were, um, it, well, so I'll give if you if you go to the beginning of any particular section. You'll see that what the what this editor has done because this is one of the only volumes that's not edited by Christopher Tolkien, who's who is now passed. also passed. Yeah. It's edited by Carl Hostetter, and the way he introduces this is he he'll say like these two brief texts are written in black nib pen on two torn half sheets of two different Merton College Weekly battle bills. So what he's doing. J.R.R. Tolkien at this point is he's just kind of coming up with ideas and putting them here. He's not necessarily writing this all chronologically Mm -hmm. or just as inspiration hits him about the hair or the theology. He writes it down somewhere. And so now they're trying to put it all together. Right. And 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 so and then you can see the it's the like the movie show rather than than tell. But you can see it. Like the like, just take the beards topic as an example. You remember that Strider is beardless, which is a mark of that. What you find out later is he's highborn, and is this you know ro- right. he's royalty, and that that race he's descended from that race that's like older and they live longer, and they're beardless, as opposed to like dwarves always have. Beard. So and, this is deep backstory uh-huh. is what we're getting here. Right. This is okay. Yeah. But for some reason, 
I found this one to be even more compelling as a read than some of the unfinished tales. So mm. some of the other ones are like supposedly supposed to be like fables and myths and whatever that are part of the I mean it's pretty funny but he created fables and myths for a fable, right? Wow, right. Like these are the stories right. in that world that they told each other, except for that world is itself a story. We often use the term world building when we talk about fantasy novel or or just any sort of, you know, multiple volume work of fiction. This is world building. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And he was driven all by uh, one basic impulse that Tolkien had, which was he, that's what he did as a scholar. You know, he studied... Um, the, a, a lot of these ancient texts mm-hmm. from the from northern climates in particular. So he studied like uh, Finnish mythology and the Icelandic sagas and all that. And he he loved the Icelandic sagas. He loved the Finnish sagas. He thought that the uh, stories from his own culture weren't broad or and, and deep and interesting enough. So he decided to create create, create them. Pastor Clint Schneckloth is the lead pastor of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Fayetteville. He often stops by the Carver Center for Public Radio to suggest books for us. This time, he recommended The Nature of Middle-Earth by J.R.R. Tolkien and edited by Carl F. Hostetter. And just ahead on this Friday edition of our show, a book for young people who don't necessarily want to read. Max Greenfield talks about, I don't want to read this book, next. <laughs> 